told me that the classics one will inspire them. They do. They do. So what, baby? I know a fact that we do too. Gotta ask you your business here. Maybe I'm the owner. Nope. Met the owner this morning. Is that right? Maybe tell us where he is. Make a few bucks. I was gonna ask you the same. Say, you wouldn't by any chance be Mike Milligan in the Kitchen Brothers, would you? You make us sound like a prog rock band. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Mike Milligan in the Kitchen Brothers. Double whoops. Easy. Minnesota cop. You do know you're in North Dakota, right? Must have got lost on the way to the lake. That's all right. Where'd you say you saw old Skip? At your mother's house. I think going in the back door. I like him. I like you. Met another fellow from Minnesota yesterday. Big guy. Sure, I think. Very, very friendly people. No. That's not it. Pretty unfriendly, actually. But it's the way you're unfriendly. How you're so polite about it. Like you're doing me a favor. lunch from Hardy's for the boys at the shop. I had a roast beef, a big deluxe, a fish sandwich, a big twin, and fries all around. Now, I don't have to tell you what a temptation it is when the delicious aroma of those crisp, tasty Hardy's fries sitting there in the bag next to me on the seat, that, that aroma fills the cab of the truck. But I would have made it back without touching those fries if it hadn't been for that slow freight train. I just sat there counting cars and munching fries. Two engines, three fries. Ten flat cars, 14 fries. Twelve tank cars, 17 fries. Fourteen coal cars, 21 fries. Sixteen freight cars, 44 fries. One caboose, no more fries. Sorry, guys. Now what am I gonna do? You just make a quick 180 back for more, son. Hardy's fries. So crisp and tasty they seldom make it to the table. Welcome back to Humor and the Abject, you wage-thefting DSA conference attending Screedlers. This is Staff Only. I'm just so fucking thankful that we're sponsored this week by Hardee's. Pioneers of the great American burger. Perhaps you've heard of their sister franchise, Carl's Jr. Altogether, their parent company, CKE Restaurants Holdings, Incorporated operates 3,152 Hardee's outlets in 40 states and 10 foreign countries and 676 Carl's Jr. outlets, primarily in California. Pretty impressive numbers. Where is the lie? 
Episode 9 of the Humor and the Abject podcast is also sponsored by Season 2 of the prestige television series Fargo. I think you can watch it on Hulu. Season 3 just happened but was not as good. We're also sponsored by that thing where you have to pee really badly but are super comfortable in bed and weigh the options of just going back to sleep with a space bag full of pee inside your tummy to stay cozy versus tearing yourself from your enveloping mouse nest just to drain the aforementioned space bag. Where I grew up, we called that robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'd like to turn it over now to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. Where lies the strangling fruit that came from the hand of the sinner I shall bring forth the seeds of the dead to share with the worms that gather in the darkness and surround the world with the power of their lives while from the dim lit halls of other places forms that never were and never could be writhe for the impatience of the few who never saw what could have been. Eat Jimmy John's. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode nine of Human the Abject. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Michael Portnoy. This week, I have two guests, and they happen to be collaborating on some music together. Uh, the first is Lorelai Ramirez, whom I've interviewed for the blog before. I'm sure you've seen her performing around town or any of the small press festivals where she's got her zines and her original drawings and things like that. I highly encourage you to buy some of those. I have some original Lorelai Ramirez art in my home. Um, she's got dozens of bylines on Vice's Creators Project and Crack.com. Uh, she regularly puts out video work. Um, you know, it could be in a film festival, it could be in a gallery, it could be shown at a comedy show, all types of places. She's a really, you know, wears a lot of hats kind of gal. Um, she hosts Not Dead Yet, a monthly, and the next one's Sunday. August 13th at Come On Everybody in Brooklyn. We talk a little bit about that on this episode. Joining her is her collaborator on their musical project, Tynan DeLong. Uh, he's a comedian, actor, director, and a musician. Uh, he's originally from Oregon. I found out, uh, I thought Portland, but no, it's Eugene. Uh, he's also the co-creator, director, editor, and co-writer of the very, very funny mockumentary series, Jana and Shasta, which stars Anna Fabrega and Ryan Bennett, and videography from Max Rosen, who's also incredible. You should check out Max's videos. He did Lorelai milkshake videos. Uh, he directed those with her. Um, Tynan has appeared in the Netflix documentary series Mortified Nation. He's on the Chris Gethard show sometimes, and he's a regular contributor to the special without Brett Davis, which just recently celebrated its 100th episode. So congratulations to Brett and the whole family over there. Tynan's also been a featured performer at the Brooklyn Comedy Festival and the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Tynan DeLong and Lorelai Ramirez. Lorelai Ramirez and Tynan DeLong, welcome to Humor the Abject. Thanks a lot for joining me today. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me as well. It's a pleasure. I can't do those voices. What's up? <laughs> what are you talking about? I could try to do like a really little guy. 
Oh, yeah, that guy sounds small as hell. <laughs> That's good. Get smaller. Why don't you get smaller? Get miniature. Get Johnny. What's up? Danny Sean, what's up? Um, you can't see it, but Sean is getting so small right now. Um, excuse me? Uh, dude, could you not be so small? <laughs> All right, well, this is Laura Ramirez, and I'm ready to talk. Hey, what's up? My name is Tyne DeLong. I'm from Mississippi, Oregon. Uh, what? Is that a real place? No. <laughs> <laughs> Combine two places, you caught me red-handed, dude. Well, there are a lot of cities in Portland that have names that are other dude, names of other cities. There's, uh, or, yeah. sorry, in Oregon, yeah. Mississippi Street there's, in Portland. Is there's very... Portland, Oregon. There's, uh, there's like an Albany. I think Springfield. Yeah, I'm from Portland. There's a Phoenix. You're from, not She's from Portland. No, yeah, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're from Miami. <laughs> yeah, Portland, Miami. There's like a little town inside Miami. It's called Portland. Miami, it's where they film Arizona. Portlandia. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. Is that in uh, which district? Is that in nine? Nine. District nine. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I asked. It's <laughs> obvious if you're in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you two are both comedians, but you also make music together. Yes. Yeah. And you put out the first tape, uh, wo- 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 Water, uh-huh. in 2016. Water. Yeah, we know. It's hard to say. About a year ago, w- uh, a little w- over a year w- ago. W- were you guys collaborating on things outside of music before that? Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I believe so. Hmm. Um, what came first? Hmm. I feel like we were working on a video and this stuff. Like kind of around the same time. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the I think the video we did was after. Uh, was after. I think it was, was after. after. What's the video? Yeah, yeah, it was after. It was You're a, all right. Tynan wrote. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Tynan <laughs> wrote a uh, like an ASMR type oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then and I was in it. Was in that? Uh, yeah, but I think the the music stuff came first. That's very sound yeah. oriented, though. An ASMR video, yeah. so it could be yeah, could be a follow up. Yeah. Um, when did you guys decide to start making music, and what was the what was the writing process for that water record? Were there because Tynan, are you making the music, and Lorelai, you're doing the vocals? Or are you both making the music, or how's that kind of working? Tynan's making the like the. They're like mixes, I don't know, beats, mm-hmm. mixes, uh, and then he's sending them to me, and then I do it in my room because I'm very shy, and I can't, uh, I can't uh, make up songs in front of people, yeah, because it feels too weird because it's not ready. I can understand that. Yeah, so I like to do it. So the first one we didn't even do it together, like perform it in the same room, but this one we're trying to like. Like, do it separately uh, and then do it together in a room and, like, produce it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like, another step in us trying to make better music and be less precious. Yeah. I had, like, I've been making music in my room for uh, pretty much ever since I've been here in, in New York uh, past few years. And it's, uh, they're mostly, like, sketches, I feel like. Um I will, uh, I use a DJ program called Tractor that has an eight bank sampler and, uh, I'll sample stuff, distort the loops and then mix them all together into making, uh, these beats. And I had a 
bunch that I kind of wanted some vocals on. And so, uh, well, it just started out with like poems. Like I would just kind of read over some stuff. So the first tape we made is like more like talking almost. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I would like try to like sing stuff a little bit more, but I was like, oh, I shouldn't. And then Tyler was like, no, you should do more of it. And so, yeah. I like that making making music and trying to sing in the bedroom is always really kind of fun. Yeah. A little bit shame filled. I don't think in a bad way, but I used to do that a lot Uh and try to record singing. Uh-huh. On like a little microphone and you sound extra crazy because you're wearing headphones so the music isn't even playing yeah. out loud and yeah. then you're just yeah. singing and your roommates are uh, maybe home, maybe yeah. not. You don't really it know. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it, where everyone starts, right? Yeah. We performed like two times after we made it, mm-hmm. which made it feel a little bit more real. Yeah. It was like in front of people. We are like, okay. And one of them was like at a place where people like tapes mm-hmm. and they responded well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hard to gauge yeah. reactions to music. They bought the tape. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Some people Sold bought some tapes. tapes. That's think, good. I think we still have some. To yeah, we sell. have a lot. We have a, <laughs> have a ton. <laughs> we have a lot, but they're going fast. You guys <laughs> might want to hop Yeah, we on have these. like a lot. I have like, it's taking over my room. Yeah. We're I like, have one. Overestimated. I recommend nice. it. Nice. And Claire listens to tapes. She has a lot. So cool. that's a very regular, that goes on rotation. I like to buy things like that. Oh, nice. nice. Um, but the, was there the n- new stuff which you guys are mentioning that you're working on a little bit differently? Um, you sent me a couple samples of it, and it's really much more like melody driven and seems a little bit more like, um, I don't know if you guys have locked into a different kind of groove or if that's because you're doing some of it together instead of just kind of sending it back and forth. But um, it's a pretty different sound, I noticed, yeah. as soon as you sent the tracks. Yeah. Um, we haven't yeah. done it together yet. Mm-hmm. It's still been like sending back and forth. We did. I did try in your room, mm-hmm. but my I, could, I was like too, still too uh, shy. But... This one was very much more like, oh, we should make songs. We should try it. Yeah, I'm I'm very much in the mode of wanting to take this uh, project to the next level because, uh, like I said, I've been kind of making music in my, my room, but it feels like messing around, and so now I'm taking a break. I'm, like, learning how uh, to make music, like, through, like, GarageBand and, like... You know, layering my tracks, putting like my snares on a separate track and tweaking that sound and uh, just really get into the nitty gritty of producing a little bit more and uh, trying to create a fully fleshed out project. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the stuff that that I was making on Tractor is uh, fun, but it's all just kind of like it's muddy and this time I'm trying to like create distinct layers of sound and I want to create uh, songs with melodies, choruses that you can sing along to. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's funny to hear you uh, talk about either singing in front of people or, I mean, it's obviously really weird to sit in a bedroom and sing in front of somebody. That's an entirely different thing than yeah. being on a stage, but it's sort of, um, it's a little bit entertaining for me for either of you to be acting sort of sheepish about something that you're working on because both of you have pretty extroverted personalities in terms of performing and things like that. Yeah. And I wonder if, if that's like, uh, if that's pretty unique to music in terms of your approaches, because you guys do videos, you are constantly performing stand-up, acting, doing all this different kind of stuff. And is there something just different about music because it has this kind of inherent, like, 
its abstractness means that it has to have some kind of like soulful sincerity that you can kind of jump yeah. around with when you're playing with other media? Yeah, I guess. Like for me, it's harder because I write the lyrics. So it's kind of like kind of personal, like whoever listens to it will kind of like just know now something more that I don't know it's like like it's a little bit personal no matter how abstract I try to make mm -hmm. it so I can't really like separate myself from it and then it's like also like singing is hard for me to do like I really want to do it but I'm also like oh this this is so embarrassing yeah just someone crooning like watching someone croon <laughs> Like, what if I don't notice and it's, like, too sincere or something? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, like, you know when you watch someone, like, perform and it's, like, bad? Uh -huh. Like, I don't want to be that. So I I'm understand. Like, <gasps> <laughs> Last week I had Michael Portnoy in here and we were talking about um, kind of comedians who come from music or vice versa working with. And he was just talking about how in music there's this kind of generosity that's um, on, on the part of the performer that they're really, like you know, putting themselves out there, like really need the approval and, and comedy. Of course, you're trying to get a laugh and you're trying to get these other things. And you want people to have a good time, but it's, you have a little bit more fun with like the antagonism and you can kind of fuck around. And if a joke doesn't land, it's kind of like, well, y'all are too stupid to get it. But it's like, if nobody dances or like responds to music, it's a different feeling. Right. I feel like when you're on stage and a little bit more like a little harder to pivot when you've written a composition that you're performing yeah. with somebody else yeah <laughs> yeah i just recently saw a someone do bad music and i was like oh man i don't know how much more of this i can take <laughs> and it, it was go they did not care they were just like now another song do i have time for one more and i do was I have like time for one more oh no <laughs> don't do it run run <laughs> <laughs> Um, are you guys going to, now that you're working on the new stuff, do you think that you'll be performing live more and that that's going to be an element that you want to bring in? Yeah, I would like to. Um, I'm reading David Burns, uh, how music works and just, he's kind of describing how they're two totally different beasts. And so kind of got that in the back of my head while I'm, uh, trying to make these, uh, tunes. Um, but yes, I would like to, I'd like to perform live um yeah i think it's just about like uh getting the proper equipment to do so at this point because right now i make a lot of stuff just on my uh, macbook yeah a big computer yeah. in my room that is you can't really take anywhere and uh, so yeah i think it's just a matter of picking up the hardware at this point yeah i don't have to worry about that stuff so for me it's more like just about getting over getting over it I'm just doing it. I do. I guess I do have to get like maybe some pedals. Yeah, some yeah. pedals would be cool. You're gonna yeah. become gearheads. <laughs> I don't have money, <laughs> also, have so I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. You can probably find a lot of. I think we could pedals on Craigslist or something that people are getting rid of. There's always like a guy who's my age <laughs> who just like finally was like, you know what? I'm I'm never gonna play lead guitar in a band <laughs> again, and like that's a lot of equipment. So if you're like that person is trying to get rid of a huge amount of stuff, you could yeah. probably pick up some a few yeah. things relatively cheap, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, performing live like the uh, the couple times we did perform music live, like uh, 
yeah, I was I was pretty nervous, and I was just sitting behind a computer, you yeah. know, and um, yeah, because it's just bringing something that you've spent so much time with in your bedroom, and in your bedroom, it sounds like amazing, <laughs> you're on top of the world, and then you actually get to the point where you're putting it out there in front of people in an actual environment, and then it's like, uh, I hope they like it. There's a lot of other variables, though, too, because yeah. some you could make something that sounds really good, and if the speakers aren't good right, at a place, yeah. that sucks, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is really different than, you know, just going up with a microphone and just being, well, this mic sounds kind of tinny, but, like, what yeah. I'm doing is more or less the same. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, why don't we take a quick break and listen sure. to the track uh, Nightmare that you guys sent me, and you're letting me share with people. So Yeah, and I just want to say, demo. Yeah, we, we just want to say, look, wait, 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 wait no, 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 no. we just want to say demo, very rough, um, it will Unmastered. get better. Unmastered. Unmastered, made uh, in our bedrooms, each separately, so please consider. Can't move, can't
such a good song. Let her do that. Shit. (laughs) Wow, you know, actually, like, actually, like, hearing it from, like, yeah, it sounds good. I guess it's, like, better than a demo. Yeah. Yeah. It actually sounds pretty massive. Yeah, actually, pretty cool. Who's going to see this? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're pretty much ready to, like, be booked. Uh, Someone get Jimmy Iovine on the phone. Oh, yeah. Um, The the Dr. Dre guy. The Defiant one. The Defiant one? (laughs) Is that his nickname? Well, that's the HBO miniseries about him and Dr. Dre. Oh, really? Right now. No. Yeah. That's what it's called? Interesting. They're also the people that gave all that money to University of Southern California that kind of like uh, ended up in a roundabout way gutting the art program and having all of the MFA students drop out at one time. I wouldn't really blame it on either of them, though. It was definitely the college who did the. They just gave a really. they just gave a really like pretty generous donation to a college and we're like, here, start an entrepreneurship program. And the college <laughs> was like, let's see how many people we can fuck over with this. But that's oh, beside no. the point. Um, anyways, <laughs> I want to- Fuck you, college. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fuck college. Uh, yeah. Uni- universal basic income. Uh, fuck college. Free student loans. Student loans should be free. You should be able to get one without having to do great. paperwork or go to college. I feel oh like you should God, just be able to take so one good. out. Asher Roth loves it. <laughs> uh, but I want to back up a little bit. Um, now, Lorelai, you fucking lied earlier, and you're from Miami, Florida. E- Portland. <laughs> Portland, Florida, Miami, yeah. But I wanted to ask you guys both kind of uh, what growing up where you did, because Tiny, you grew up in Portland. And uh, Eugene, actually. Eugene, okay. Yeah, Eugene, Oregon. And then, uh, Lorelai, you grew up in Miami, and kind of what that was like and when you came to New York. Lorelai, you can go first. Yes. What that was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, growing up in uh, Eugene, Oregon was really something. Me and my mom, Vonnie, uh, just... Uh, was that Vonnie? Vonnie DeLong. Yeah, <sighs> Bonnie DeLong Ramirez. Um, yeah, we were just like, we were actually made music together growing up. Yeah, it was, was kind of like, crazy anyways. growing up with Sarah Butter. Um, okay, okay, see how this is going. <laughs> All right, so everybody listening, obviously, we've switched <laughs> stories. Real Freaky Friday sit here. Um, I do love Bonnie DeLong, uh, but my mother, my mother is Sarah Butter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, do you guys know you guys know each other's parents? We don't. I haven't met. Oh, okay. No, but um, my mom is a huge fan of Lorelai. She follows her. Tynan's mom is like a Facebook. <laughs> it's so sweet. That's it's cool. So He's a presence. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Miami. Miami. I do not like it there, but I think I should go one day back and give back to the community. But it, it um. It's there's nothing really there. Hung out at malls a lot uh, with my friends. We would like uh, do kind of parkour ish stuff. What? Yeah, like kind of parkour ish. Freestyle walking? (laughs) Yeah, just like jump. We would like stack these chairs and like jump over them and then like make these like performances for like the middle of the mall. And we would like sneak into places and like be shitheads um, and skateboard. And I was very bad at it. Um, that's what I did there. And I was into screamo. So I practiced a <laughs> lot of screaming. That's blood, brothers. That sounds, yeah. that sounds okay, though. That's a pretty... I don't yeah. think that that's atypical of a lot of people's yeah. outside of Miami or within Miami. Yeah. Went uh, to a lot of metal shows. Got into mosh pits. Got beat up. It was cool. 
Yeah. Nice. What did you do after that? After that, I went to a community college and I studied art. And then I decided I wanted to come to New York to do more art stuff. And I did. So you came here with an art dream, not a comedy dream? Or was comedy like a kind of a baseline, like or just a little subtle undercurrent that was going on? I I liked comedy. Um, I did want to do it, but I was too shy at the time. So I like tried a few times and I was like shaking on stage. So then I was like, oh, I can't do it. So then I did performance stuff and like performance art stuff through art stuff. And then I tried it when I felt like I had nothing to lose. That seems like a good place to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how was Eugene? Were you part of the Earth Liberation Front? Oh, no. I was not part of the Earth Liberation Front. Um, I was, uh, yeah, Eugene was great. I lived in the suburbs. Uh, I was a theater kid uh, in high school. Um, And then, uh, yeah, went to college there as well. Did a little U bit of O U University of Oregon. Go Ducks! Yeah, you got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, did a little bit of theater there. I uh, did more uh, video stuff and uh, kicked around Eugene for a while. Moved up to Portland. That's where I started doing improv, and uh, after that kind of led to uh, doing stand-up comedy. And kicked around there for a few years, and decided I wanted to. Uh, Kind of take it to the next level, and so I uh, came out here to New York, and that was about in uh, 2013. Mm. I've been here uh, nice. about four years. Well, you nice. did you move here? I moved here 2009. Fuck. You're but an, I started comedy you're in 2013. El- you're an elder states yeah, person. Yeah, I went. To, I oh. y- you did mics at the creek. Yeah, that's where I that's, remember seeing you for the first time. We'd see each other around at mics. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we were Greek rats. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take for you all to kind of find the community of comedians and things like that, that you've been working with for the last few years? Um, did you have to do a bunch of shitty mics and then kind of run into yeah. people or? Yeah, we yeah. did have to do a lot of a shitty lot. mics. <laughs> shitty mics. I Alone. Remember, like, like hours yeah, and hours. Hours. I would call my, I would call Vani on the, uh, <laughs> on the weekend and just, uh, basically break down like i can't find anyone that i relate to here i'm having such a hard time uh yeah it's very lonely the first eight or nine months um but then gradually started finding people i would say with it was about nine ten months before i started finding people that i really got along with in uh in our scene so you both just you just went alone and just signed up for things and yeah yeah gave it a try yeah, that's how you yeah. do it. Yeah. It's the only way it. to do it. It was good yeah. at, of like building some sort of like resilience to certain crowds and certain things and like finding your voice, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when people don't want to hear you, <laughs> you know. But I think that, uh, I mean, it's kind of, well, because I feel like, God, that's that's not that long ago and how kind of deep the I mean it sounds a little cheesy but how deep the bonds are between all the people that are part of that now and all the shows that you guys are putting on that I go to it's pretty incredible I mean it seems like something that has been going on for years and years and years even though obviously it hasn't but Mm -hmm. um, I mean what sort of 
I don't think that there was some conspiratorial thing, but what happened that moved you? I mean, and I'm sure you both have different things for it, but what kind of brought you into a different type of community that made you start to feel like, oh, I'm not going to just go to things. I'm going to produce the things. I'm going to put things on, or I'm going to start making the videos and start putting on the nights and things like that. Because that, that's a pretty big shift from just feeling like, oh, I have to fit within an architecture to just being like, I'll just build something over here. I was kind of putting uh, shows together in Miami, like when I was in the art scene there, because there was nothing. Like visual art shows and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I would put together like shows that had like artists and then like musicians and poets and stuff, like just independently. Uh, So I've always been like a, like, oh, I have to make something that people can go to person. So then when I started doing this, I... Uh, would go to this mic and they just, this guy got tired of it and he gave it to me. And then I hosted that mic and then I was like, oh, I should just host a different mic. And then I made that mic into a show. And then, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like happened. But I feel like I'm always like, I got to make a thing for people. Yeah. Well, for somebody who's listening who is kind of in that same position and sort of looking and being like, oh, these nights are happening and I don't know how to get into it and I don't know how to do whatever is, um, do you feel like there are spaces now that people can get access to that, that they don't have to go through, uh, and I don't mean that they don't have to sort of like pay their dues or like try things out, but where maybe they don't have to go to, um, some of the like, maybe like toxic environments and things like that or. Yeah, there are some mics, but you're, you're always going to run into shit you don't like. It's like, I don't know, I had a friend one time who was like, oh, no, who, like, works specifically, like, in more, I don't know, I guess, like, places that are considered more, like, safe mm-hmm. spaces or whatever. But she, even she was like, there are never any safe spaces. Like, you can't control what's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like just go everywhere and if you don't like it don't go again mm-hmm. but it's like you have to explore it's not going to fall into you i don't like it when people are like like what do i do where do i go it's like there's no formula like you literally mm. have to put yourself out there and like there might be somebody like you who's sitting in the same room and then you'll like find each other um there there are some like fine fine places to go um yeah i'm glad i had to go to all of those mics in the beginning because i wouldn't have found everyone if i hadn't have gone to yeah. all of those um so i mean it served a purpose all of that stuff so yeah i would i would just echo just explore and um yeah because we, we also don't know right now like what the mics are that yeah. people are going to colin hosts late mic on mondays mm-hmm. would people go to you can try out everything, but even then, sometimes someone is weird. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I would. I would also add, you know, when you find the people that you really connect with and form those friendships and those bonds, I think that gives you the confidence to start producing and making stuff on your own yeah. on a bigger scale. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't until like I met these folks that I was like, oh, I can make my own videos again. <laughs> I should be. Ma- I want to make a lot of videos. Uh, and yeah, it was through those friendships, you know, specifically like my friendships with Colin, you know, that I felt like the confidence of like, oh, okay, I'm gonna start making videos now. But yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that that's pretty parallel to a thing that people 
And it sounds like you were doing already in art in Miami, basically based on a lack of things, but it's something that people kind of come to in New York after a certain amount of time where they come, they kind of have this, like, I have to go through this specific process and do this thing. And then once you kind of get through a couple of those doors and then you're, it's kind of up to you. You're just sort of left there and you have to be like, now I have to build, um, now I have to create a gallery or I have to create like a roaming series or I have to start curating shows or I have to start mm-hmm. doing these types of things. And I think there's a lot of parallels between that world and comedy. Um, comedy just seems like a lot more fun for yeah. the most part. Also, everyone doesn't have to produce a show too. I feel like mm-hmm. like some people also feel, maybe feel pressure that you have to like host or I don't know, do something in that vein to like get in somehow. And it's like, chill. I don't know. Just do, <laughs> just do what you want to do and don't feel pressure to act like, I don't know, to like do what everyone else is doing. Um, I would say, yeah, be nice. Yeah. I would just, you know, like a lot of comics will spend a lot of their time seething like why why am i not booked on this or how why can't i get on this and i i would say if if you're feeling like that then just make something of your own yeah just create your own opportunity because then somebody might just ask you yeah yeah Yeah. just make make good work it could be very funny online yeah could be funny online Mm -hmm. some people are only funny online (coughs) Mm mm-hmm and super boring yeah. in person. <laughs> Dilbert? Dilbert's only funny online. Dilbert? You see him at a mic and it's like, oh, well, yeah. What is the own. creator's name? Is it Scott Adams? Yeah. The, uh, he's very, I don't know if he's alt-right, but he's, yeah. uh, he's pretty right. Something alt-right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has a pool shaped like Dilbert. <sighs> I heard. Yeah. Or that I imagine that. He had spent a lot of money to kit his house out with a lot of different Dilbert things. Wow. And it's kind of his crowning achievement. And now he's a, um, now he's a political commentator, I suppose. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. There you go. Make a comic, get into yeah. politics. <laughs> easy, easy yeah. formula. Yeah. It's a pretty <laughs> simple way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit, um, both of you are individually about video work and how you are approaching that kind of medium versus a stage and mm-hmm. writing and putting them together. And cause to be frank, a lot of the stuff is pretty slick and I don't know if that's, um, and I mean, production wise and things, and that might be the kind of, uh, just the availability of tools and things like that, or were a bunch of really, really raw things made, or do you just work with the right people? Cause I know you work with Max a lot and then Tynan, you're helping people put things together, but mm-hmm. how do you sort of, navigate creating video when i'm assuming people aren't giving you a big budget all the time no um yeah you just have to uh shoot with the resources available to you and um yeah i mean i'm always thinking of ideas within the constraints of what i can afford and what's available to me uh fortunately you know i'm friends with a lot of talented people and um that obviously uh helps tremendously in terms of making a great video so it doesn't really matter if you have an elaborate set Mm -hmm. you got funny people in there doing really funny characters um but yeah i mean i just like basically started out doing like uh sketch videos uh when i got here and then uh those uh gradually turned into like longer form like pilot presentation things and now i'm thinking about like uh 
short films and uh yeah some longer pieces yeah i just like i try to do something every weekend in terms of like video stuff whether it's like shooting writing or editing something Mm -hmm. um just constantly trying to stay at it um i fell into some like fortunate positions where i've gotten like gotten to use really nice cameras uh uh for free through uh friends that off the back of a truck yeah they fell yeah they (laughs) fell (laughs) uh uh, yeah um so yeah i mean yeah you start hanging out with uh with people and you can you can find some cool resources uh that way but yeah it's just uh just kind of being persistent about it and uh i'm usually like wearing all of the hats um just like begging people to like hold a boom pole for Mm -hmm. the shoot um yeah very i feel like sometimes the limitations can help um the video um but yeah Hmm. um i'm just gonna say same Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lorelai Ramirez. If you're all listening out there, I just want to pop in and say same. Um, I, uh, yeah, same thing. Use kind of the same people. Mm-hmm. Trying to work with different people now and trying to direct a little bit more. Like usually for stuff, I'll like co-direct. Like if I have like a like live show project or like... Or, like, kind of in a producer role, like, pulling all the pieces together to make something happen. And then I kind of just, like, let everyone go and do their thing. So I kind of want to do that on a more, like, uh, I don't know, like a better level where I'm, like, okay, I can say that I'm, like, producing and directing this thing Mm -hmm. that maybe I'm in or not. I don't know. But I'm trying to do more stuff like that since I already do that. Um, but I am always also writing stuff, uh, to maybe make videos of sometime, someday. Uh, and when you're doing the ones that you mentioned just a minute ago, that when you're thinking about something that's for stage for performance, um, it's a different approach than something where you're just sort of like, oh, I wrote this thing. It's neat and tidy. It's front to back. And then for the, um, well, I guess, for example, the milkshake videos, which I think I've put on the blog before, um, you did those with Max. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And Yeah. And you showed them in the hour-long show that you did at Annoyance. Mm-hmm. And were they designed in mind of that show happening, or were they just sort of around the same time in the orbit, and you thought, well, this is work I'm making now, so I'll put that in there as well. Yeah. But then, like, the uh, Gumby video seemed like maybe that was very intentionally made for... Yeah, that was for the show. <laughs> <laughs> People to watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, and that's with Colin with his uh, VCR camera that yeah. he has? Or is that like a fake effect? No, it's real. <laughs> and he'll like, Colin is really into analog stuff. But he'll like also feed it back into the VCR and like, rec- I don't know what he does, and then records it digitally from there. Mm-hmm. So he gets all these like crazy effects from like transferring <laughs> the tape um yeah and tynan what about uh so jan and shasta is Mm -hmm. uh well your project with other people's but uh will you talk a little bit about how that came to because my understanding is that it kind of came out of uh anna and ryan were 
doing something else with you and just the characters were too funny and you had to create yeah. something else with them? Yeah, that's, that was pretty much it. I was making a video about um, an artist, a very serious artist who made memes, and uh, I had Ryan and Anna play two characters who were obsessed with his memes. They only had two lines in the script. Uh, we filmed them for about 20 minutes or something because they just kept like riffing. It was super funny. And I cut up like a little three minute reel of them riffing. And I was like, oh, these characters are uh, great. I'd like to do like a longer form project with them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So we started uh, shooting uh, little mockumentary pieces of what became Jana and Shasta and when we originally did it we uh, were just kind of riffing it out and didn't go out there with too much of a plan just some basic prompts and then afterwards uh, when I had edited that footage I was like uh, this still um, this still needs more of like a narrative arc uh, something to tie it all together so that was a really great lesson in how to give your project shape and a, a lesson in like writing and like just a, a lesson in like what you need to do in order to prepare before you go out for a shoot and what are the elements that make a compelling story for a video um so yeah so then we went went out and shot another day and um with uh those two days of shooting i uh, compiled the first uh little pilot episode of jan and shasta and then we made uh about uh, six episodes and then once we were done with all of those episodes we went back and looked at the first episode and we we're like man we can do it so much better now and so we did uh, so we went out and then uh, created like a full 10 minute uh, pilot version which wow. was uh, the, in the New York Television uh, Festival and won a development deal with CISO so, cool. yeah, it's a nice little story it is a nice little story. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break again, oh. and we're going to listen to the track Stay no. by Lorelai Ramirez and Tynan DeLong. Nice. We read that. Nice. Good. And <laughs> yeah. also a demo. Yeah, also, also a, a demo. demo. Just letting you know, very warning. rough. Very rough. Very in my room. <laughs> Sandpaper. Just did it in my room. That's right. We'll be right back. Stay with me. Stay with me. 
we're back. Ooh, this is God. going again. What a good song. Wow, you know what? I'm listening <laughs> to it again. It was Not a, bad. No. Was it different Very when? Good. Yeah, when you're outside the house. Was yeah. It a different yeah. sound in the room. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. You know, I, I don't know. I can't wait to hear it blasting from people's cars in the yeah. summer. Is that, is that, that would, type of I music, would, man? I would die. Yeah. I'd be like, turn that fucking off. We'll go listen to it in your room. It would be, I, it would be, isn't that always in, that's always in uh, movies about bands, though, where they're standing there. And like a Cadillac drives by, and they're like, "That's us on the radio!" And they run over and they like yeah. jump in the car with the people and get all yeah. excited and then tell yeah. everybody about it. And then all, everybody's turned on the radios at the same yeah. time. It's like, yeah, like uh, and that thing you do is I that, that that's what they go nuts. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I I loved that movie. I love yeah. it so much. Oh my god, that so song good. was so good. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, it's so catchy. I Written think by the Fountains of Wayne guy. Really? Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of like a, it's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Tom Hanks was pretty good in that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Who else was in it? One of the McPoyle Thomas brothers. Scott. Steve Zahn. Steve Lip Zahn. Tyler. <laughs> 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 I think the only other movie I've seen Steve Zahn in is uh, a classic, of course, Saving Silverman. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces. On, uh, I'm curious if that's movie. aged well. I'm going to go what? ahead and imagine that it hasn't, but it's a Jack Black and... Uh, oh, Saving Silverman. Yeah. yeah Jason I, Biggs. I remember it. Yeah, really, <laughs> so nuts. Really Jason Biggs used to be in everything. Mm-hmm. He had a, well, he's the American Pie guy. Yeah. And kind of had a minute after that. Maybe we mm-hmm. should name ourselves the Jason Biggs. Uh, the band? The band. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Yeah, I think that's our new name. Uh, Just for those of you burner. listening out there, that's our uh, new name. That's not our new name. Jason Biggs. You could do it with one G. I think his last name has two, and that way you wouldn't. Jason be a, Big. Yeah. Jason Big. I think we should probably oh, just a, move away it's from a little Jason Big altogether. Pun, kind of. Jason yeah. Big. You yeah. could do. Uh, what's the? Mm, what's the guy from Rookie of the Year who was in American Thomas Pie? Thomas and Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tynan's going to know every actor that I mentioned. Just from a specific time period. <laughs> that's it. That I really know. don't. I can't attach people's names to faces if i don't know them um, so i don't know the whole time you've been talking i have not known what's been going on you said you knew who oh, jason biggs was though. i do know jason biggs he's mm-hmm. a standout performer to me he's bubble was he bubble boy no <laughs> sorry that's jake gyllenhaal that's jake gyllenhaal, jake gyllenhaal was yeah, bubble boy bubble boy huh he yeah. was so good <laughs> so was, good in it he's such a good bubble boy such yeah. a good bubble boy <laughs> oh man did you See the pictures? I didn't know that Kirsten Dunst had dated Jake Gyllenhaal for a period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew that. People were putting some pics up, some throwback pics of What's them it? eating a meal yeah. together. Uh-huh. And the, pic were, the pictures were just weird. I saw it. I was like pretty... where she's eating the leaves and he's like, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty exciting, though. Yeah. Um, what do you guys have uh, What do you have coming up? I heard a, a little... Little bird told me, Tynan, that you might have a new thing that's showing at the Brooklyn Comedy oh, Festival. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I, you want to unpack that? Sure. I'll unpack it. Um, yeah, I made a, uh, a couple uh, shorts with Eliza Hurwitz. Mm-hmm. It's called The Best Day of My Life. 
uh, follows her dreams of uh, becoming an ENT while she works at a doll store. And, uh, yeah, one of those will be playing at the Brooklyn Comedy Festival video screenings at Nighthawk Cinema later this month. Can't remember the dates, but... I believe it's the it's in the twenties of August. Hell at yeah. some point, yeah, it's think, definitely right? in the twenties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can go online, Google that. I'm sure, you can find it. This is gonna be a very fun little brunch screening. A brunch screening. Yeah. Will there be there? Oh, there will no. be brunch. No. Will there be brunch? <laughs> Did you? There want to will say be that? brunch. I'll say it. There will I'm be, not afraid. I said it, and yeah. I realized I was saying it in the wrong order, <laughs> and I was mad at myself. <laughs> There will be there brunch. There will be brunch. Wait, is it like, uh, oh, because cause you can get food there. Yeah. But it's not. you're not making brunch. No, I the, am. Hmm. Oh, I'm making the brunch for mm-hmm. everyone. <laughs> it's part of the deal about getting to put it in the festival. <laughs> I have to make brunch for everyone. Yeah, you That's have okay. to work. <laughs> I hope you like hash browns. It's the only thing I can make. Uh, so, yeah. Well, it'll be fun. We're very excited to uh, show that to everyone. Yeah. You can check those out. Uh That'll be Vimeo. There's, yeah. there's some. There's lots of good videos that Lorelai and I have recently done a video. Oh yeah, what's that? My Vimeo. Uh, it's a faithful recreation of the film The Matrix. Oh uh, yeah, The Matrix. So yeah, check that out. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty darn good. Uh, Just the two of you? The other? No, there's yeah, Anthony <laughs> Overbeck, Colin yeah, Burgess. Colin Burgess. <laughs> Me. Four. Turned yeah. along. Sort Four of like hours. a waiting for Godot. Yes. Minimal. <laughs> yeah, cast. it's very yeah. minimal. Like stripped very down. Minimal. It yeah. is very stripped down. Is it just the is it the whole trilogy or no. just the no. Matrix it's just, One? It's just Matrix just the, One. Because we're one. in it we talk about doing reloaded next. Mm-hmm. And we all we all kind of uh shot it. Yeah. And uh we used a Hi eight camera that I purchased on eBay mm-hmm. uh later last year. Uh, so yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Colin, Joe, and I just put out a video called Casino, guys. All these videos are on our uh, Vimeo channels. We want to direct people to the Vimeo. Mm-hmm. We don't like the resolution quality on YouTube. Yeah, Vimeo's way that. better. Yeah, Vimeo looks... That's so how you know better. someone is an artist or a filmmaker. That's what I yeah. always say. Vimeo. If it's on there. Is it, so it's vimeo.com forward slash... Tynan DeLong. Nice. It's very easy. I like it yeah. when people's are just a string of numbers, oh, but God. they're still very it serious. Might be a string I hate of that. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, and Laura, your next uh, "Not Dead Yet" is—is is it on the thirteenth? Yeah, this will come out before that because, of course, today is Monday, August sixth. Huh? You calling a prank on me, man? I think what? I'm trying to do the math of when I put it out versus yeah. when I record it. Right. Okay. Tynan's looking on his phone. Is Monday, on. August 6th? It's the 7th. Fuck. <laughs> well, I technically, actually, you know what? That's pretty uh, prescient because I yeah. actually put them out on Sunday night. But I always okay. say they come out on Sunday morning All because right. then, you know, or Monday morning rather, because then they're there for you if you want to listen on your way to work. Yeah. But then I don't really have to, like, I can just put it out whenever I get it done on mm-hmm. Sunday, which is fine. Um, but. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about Not Dead Yet? Because it's not your average comedy show. Yeah. Not Dead Yet is a show that I, Lorelai Ramirez, host. Um, It is inspired by my fear of death. I invite everyone to come celebrate being alive. 
as in, you know, not being dead yet. Um, there's, it's a comedy variety show, so there are videos, there are people reading poetry, um, there are comedians, there's a big band at the end, and there's me doing really dumb stuff in between. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like an everything, an everything show, mm-hmm. but but in a way to make you feel good when you leave. Yeah. Who's performing on this one that's coming up? Um, this one will have Dylan Marin, mm-hmm. uh, Shalewa Sharp, um, Pasek and Platt, um, Anna Bojicevic. Um, doing poetry? She's doing poetry. Cool. Um, then we have Mike Kaplan and Claire O'Kane. And closing out the show will be Maybird. And then we have videos from my friends, Edie and Eliza, Colin Burgess, and then someone new to me, Kair Wang, who mm-hmm. does really cool animation stuff. Cool. Yeah. How do you get in? Are you reaching out to people whose stuff you've seen online? Or I know some of those people are friends of yours that you perform with, obviously, a lot. Uh-huh. But when it's somebody new who's done something, are you seeing what they're doing and kind of just being like, hey, I run this thing. Can I show your work? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I just tell – I just make a post and have people reach out to me. So I, I wade through a lot of stuff. And then decide what fits in the show and mm-hmm. what doesn't. Um, so yeah. you're sort of a you're sort of a curator, kind of a curator, kind well. of a little curator, mm-hmm. a little curator over here. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the I think the concept of the night's pretty fun too, and it does have, but it has. Uh, I think the point that you said that you leave feeling good because there are some parts, there's some peaks and valleys. I mean, there's some pretty serious stuff sometimes. Like yeah, when. I, it was probably two ago, but when Sam Sachs was reading, uh-huh. that was like a really intense yeah. poetry reading. And it was in the middle of this thing, but there was something about the audience or the environment or the people that it made sense that somebody that, well, I guess you went up afterwards because you're hosting, but you go up and you're kind of cracking some jokes and things like that, but it doesn't feel like this weird disrespectful kind of, it's uh-huh. just like there's space for all this stuff to happen simultaneously, which yeah, is... it's a variety yeah. show. <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, just a place, I think it's mostly to to showcase really good artists that work in every medium, and then majority of it being comedy-oriented, but not everything is, uh, which I think is fun, which is what I like to watch. Um, so it's mostly for, it's kind of for me, uh, but I'm hoping everyone else likes it too. It's like an excuse to have a get-together and invite yeah, a, a, huge bunch get together. Wanna, a yeah. bunch of people that you want to see perform and then be like, why don't we all hang out? Yeah. Um, now that it's at – so it used to be at Starbarb. Now that it's at Come On Everybody, it's a lot way better, like a bigger show than like at, like what I wanted it to be because I just wanted it to be kind of equal to these like bigger comedy shows that showcase like, I don't know, sometimes not that great people mm. and kind of have something that's a more substance where there are different like voices and like uh just like i don't know new things that people can like learn and respect and stuff so yeah come out and uh what's the donation the um fee? it's it's a uh, five dollars in advance or tickets up now that's great that's like a fugazi show yeah, and it's seven dollars at the door. That's not. It's probably. It's probably if you buy it beforehand, it probably actually costs more than seven because you're buying it online, and then they're going to charge you 
some other fees? Oh, I don't know. I didn't purchase it. <clears throat> Lorelai hides a lot of fees. Yeah. I do where, not uh, hide I'm a lot of where fees. where those are going. <laughs> Hidden fees. I, like, Whoa, that fee? I will <laughs> not hide your fee. <clears throat> One time I went to a show at Union Hall and I bought tickets beforehand because I was like, well, what if this sells out? And then I bought the tickets and they were like multiple different fees on top of it and then when i got there the tickets at the door cost um the same amount so by buying the ticket in advance i'd spent like an extra eight dollars to buy two tickets and i just thought this is trump's america and (laughs) i don't think he'd been elected yet when i went but it was a sign But it was already his yeah i could tell (laughs) Um, well, thanks a lot for coming by today and talking with me. Yeah, and for sure. I'm really looking forward to the record coming out, and everybody should go and see Tynan's new work at the Brooklyn Comedy Festival, and I'll put up some links for that so that people nice. can see lots of different things. My buddy Eamon Monahan, who's really neat, uh, his movie Magic Ranch is going to play at it. Oh, He's nice. really excited. Cool. So that's a good deal. I think there's a bunch of other stuff. I think Darcy and I are moderating a panel oh i believe oh yeah a panel Um, i love i mean put me on your panel if anyone's listening hit me up i'd love to (laughs) i'd love to be on your panel yeah i'll be on the panel too you you guys want to be on it yeah i think we just add people i don't give a fuck we should just start a panel i would love to be on the panel (laughs) (laughs) you guys please put me on the panel let's start a panel let's start a panel whoa that's our panel on the radio wow Start a panel. <laughs> <laughs> and go see, see Lorelai Ramirez's yeah. monthly uh, yeah. Not Dead Yet at yeah. Come On Everybody. Sunday. August 13th. Yeah. What's up? What's up? I don't want to go back in the box, man. Sunday, August 13th, 8.30 p.m. Buy your tickets in advance. What's up? What's up? Avoid the fees. We'll see you next week. Yeah.